Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. Randy in Cottage Grove, are you okay? No, no, I'm, I'm not okay. Are you okay? Uh, I'm coping. I'm coping. Well, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm choosing. I, I'm a guy in life who chooses the high road, okay? So I ain't going to talk trash today, but I am going to look for some answers, okay? I'm going to look for some answers from the, the team, okay? I'm going to look for some answers from Zim, and I'm going to look for some answers from the league, okay? Because the league knows what they want, and they got it. They got an East Coast Super Bowl, okay? They got Philly against New England. They got big-time media markets. Now they're all going to watch the Super Bowl, okay? Funny how that works, okay? And I'm going to look at the team, and I'm going to say, what did you do, okay? What did you do? You go down the field, as they say, methodologically, and make a touchdown. There you go. And you start out seven rip, okay? Then you get a three and out, okay? And then what happens? Then it changes dramatically, okay? And then we we start whiffing on tackles. We don't whiff on tackles. Harrison Smith, he doesn't whiff on tackles, okay? I think there was some, I'm just going to say that I I think we should look into if a little bit of cashish, as they say, (laughs) changed hands, okay? If a little bit of of green sort of made people a little less likely to wrap up, okay? Or maybe Eric Kendricks, you know, his brother plays for the Eagles. Maybe his brother made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Maybe the Eagles owner came and said, hey, how about a little peek at that playbook? Huh? How about a little sniff at some of that stuff that uh, you know Schumer's going to be trying? Okay, and and I don't know that that's how goofy that game was. No one whiffs like that and tackles. Okay, no one. Yeah, there he is, Randy of Cottage Grove, oh kind of God. speaking for most of uh, Viking Nation there. Well, hard to dispute what he's saying. I think yeah. he made some very good points. I think he made some very good points. I have, uh, that explanation's as good as anyone I have, I'll tell you that. I have one goal in life, and that is to watch a Viking playoff game with, <laughs> with Randy, Randy in Cottage Randy Grove. in Cottage Grove. Because I want to see it all unfold live in person. Last night at... 11 p.m. maybe, I texted Mackie and said, how is Ventline going? How did Ventline go? Sure, thinking it was over. When did the game end? 8.30? Just, I think it was just before 
Just half, before, just nine, before right? halftime? No. Um, no, no, no. It was, no. It was, yeah, it was about 8.30. 8.30, okay. 830 quarter 30. to 9. Something yeah. like that. Okay. So I met, at, at 11, I texted Mackie, and I said, how'd Ventline go? He said, we're still going. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. Apparently, I think uh, Superstar told me they did about 3.15, and uh, <laughs> and they 2.45 before they took their first break. Wow. Yeah. To, as, uh, of, as Viking fans... Uh, searched for explanations, and there is none. This is this to me. I said it earlier to Joe. Is the most is as surprising as any Viking performance I've ever seen. I I have no idea where this came from with that secondary, with that defense. I I just have no idea what how how. Philadelphia carved them up. Like well, and that. considering the fact that, as Randy pointed out, so methodologically, <laughs> yes. they went down the field oh, on the first drive. The field, breeze. You down thought, the field. okay, that they've got something going here. Then to get the ball back right away, and as soon mm-hmm. as he threw the pick six, you and everybody became get it uneasy. back with a fifteen-yard penalty, right? Yes, uh, yes. You know, because they uh, right off the bat, he ran they, into the rec- or ran into the uh, the punt returner. Yes, yeah. So uh, right away, they're on the back in the thirty-one-yard line, and lo and behold. Uh, I have uh, never seen a team lose its composure like these guys did. I, yeah. I really thought they were disorganized uh, defensively because the Eagles hit them with stuff they weren't expecting. The Eagles, they expected the Eagles to be extremely conservative. They're not going to admit it, but they expected the Eagles to play extremely conservative. Just and the run Eagles, the ball with those you know, running backs. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. try to key, you know, punt it back to you, try to hold you, try to move it a little more, kick a few field goals, and instead, you know, okay, third and four, we're going to throw, we're going to get a first down, we're going to keep moving here. So Mike Zimmer got outcoached. Yep, he did. Plain and simple, he got and outcoached. I, and I think he would uh, he would probably admit that. You know who, nobody could quite figure out why they went and got that Ajaya, because they already had, they, they already had, uh, Blount. They Blount, and they had Clement, who was playing well as mm-hmm. a rookie. Yep. And they had another guy. We found out yesterday he's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he's kind of, he's one of these guys who kind of stops in the backfield and looks for the hole. And then he hits the hole and gets you four or five yards when you expect to get one, right? And, and it's, and it's interesting because when the Dolphins traded him, there was a thought that, you know, that, you know, the Dolphins' offense was struggling yeah. and, you know, he was Ajayi, over the hill. Yeah, and Ajayi was kind of part of the problem, and he mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, you know, he was part of the one of the guys that wasn't really, you know, that had kind of checked out or whatever. And, I mean, now he's off to the Super Bowl, and the Dolphins are sitting at home. You uh, mentioned Ventline. Would you like a little sample, Mr. Yeah, Rossi? give me a Ventline. Oh, man. I, like, I don't even know what to say. I think Zimmer should be defensive coordinator, and then Shermer. Our head coach. There you go. Because we came in unprepared. We look like trash. Like, I don't even blame Keenum. You know what I mean? Keenum ain't the one to blame. I mean, he might have turned the ball over twice. But we got that D. We got number one D in the league. So you got to hold them. Right? Mm-hmm. But we couldn't even do that. We couldn't even do it before the half. I don't even know what to do no more. Maybe we're cursed. We choke like a mug, but we cursed. <laughs> And uh, what's interesting is we should demote Zimmer yep. to defensive coordinator, which mm-hmm. he basically is. And then promote. And because we were dazzled with the offensive performance. Was that it? Yes, Yesterday, that's, that's, we were what, ready to, that's uh, the key. We, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, uh, alcohol. Uh, 
<laughs> now, you know, half of what makes football fun is alcohol. Absolutely. Oh, you know, half. You know, I mean, uh, let's face it. I don't think anybody got hurt too badly. But the other team's walking in. The other team's fans are walking in. You're throwing full beer cans at them. And batteries. What is wrong with you? I don't know. What is wrong with you people? I don't know. You know, I, know. I thought they'd settled down a little since the vet days. I guess I was wrong. No. They, I guess they're, they're as crazy as ever. They're insane. But there are no excuses. Now, I've seen a few excuses today that if they played them 10 times, they beat them six, uh, beat them seven. You only well, play yeah. them once. Well, I know. That's, that's another reason to be disgusted. If you Because you were the better they, team. Yeah, right. if you think you were the better team. What good does that do you? You know what this is? Next year, the Vikings will open against the Eagles on and Thursday, beat them. Yeah. And beat them. And we got our revenge just like 99. in 1970 oh, also. Yeah. Kansas City kicked their ass the next year. We showed Go them. Go back and look Sid's column. 99, Atlanta. Yep. 99, yeah. right? They opened beat the year in yeah, Atlanta, boy. went down there and beat them. Boy, look at See? We got our revenge. <laughs> okay. Good for you. Good for you. This one is in the annals. I put it ahead of forty-one, don't it? Because this didn't, was a better team. Didn't they? Uh, didn't the year after forty-one, donut? Didn't the Giants come here on like a Monday night or something? And the Vikings beat them, I think. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. we always we're on. When we lose a big one, we're unbeaten in that. We probably beat Dallas in uh, seventy five after the uh, you I still seventy six. You I still don't know. put this one ahead of losing to Atlanta. <laughs> In '99, no, no, but as as a performance, yes, okay, sure. I mean that because it went thing to overtime. Atlanta was a hell of a football game, sure, and it went to it was overtime. A hell of a football and, yeah. game, and and they had their quarterback, and they played great. Because as far as I guess disappointments, oh, no, I would no, still it yeah. isn't that. No, yeah, no, it was '99 in January, but 99. it is amazing. You just kept watching, going, what? Who one are two, these guys? One and two in disappointing. This could be three. But one and two are uh, number one is uh, the 98, 99 mm-hmm. Gary Anderson game. Number two is the first Super Bowl. Because we thought the Chiefs. Yeah. that Viking yeah. team scored 374 points and gave up 133 Ooh. and got beat by Kansas City. So yeah. Yeah, that's number two. Okay. All right, we'll be back. Up to Tyler, Minnesota, and just had a. Big party out there. Just got had a few beers and just preparing for the game. But uh, just, I was very excited. But once the game started going, I saw Kyle Rudolph pop that ball and felt it, was, it felt like everything was going right. And I don't know after that. Yeah, it just fell apart with Nick Foles and. <laughs> Apparently, the uh, the first young man uh, issued a, uh, a foul word when he dropped the phone, and uh, luckily Jonathan was on the on the, uh, oh, the dump button. Dump button, I believe. And uh, God bless it. Viking fans. Uh, have more whiskey. That's the solution. <laughs> All right, today uh, Kevin Siebert's got a piece today on NFL.com on uh, yeah, I mean ESPN.com. Excuse me. Uh, Teddy, I don't know what the future holds. Still dealing with the 24-hour rule with yesterday. Still dealing with that, meaning you don't move on, I guess, Mm -hmm. for one day. 
and he did admit that uh, not dressing uh, for the last uh, for the two playoff games was uh, kind of a blow to him. It happens. Uh, this year, I think the biggest test for me was a test of my character. In a perfect world, I would have loved to have dressed. But I understand the decisions are made to give this team the best chance of winning. I understand that. I'm a, I'm a pro. I know what it takes. It just happened, and I dealt with it. Keenum said uh, everybody's still got a lot of, on their minds from yesterday. There's a lot going through everybody's heads. This is just a weird day. It's the last time I'm going to be in a locker room with a lot of these guys. You want to make sure you enjoy that. Uh, I don't think you can enjoy that after 38-7. Uh, to 7. But uh, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm all in on the idea that their quarterback next year is going to be Bridgewater. I just I I agree with you to extend it. It it can't be Case Keenum. I, I just I don't I don't think that you need to have for this team to take that next step. You have to have a quarterback well, that you, possesses the ability to bring you back from a double digit deficit. Well, Teddy has never shown that, but uh, no, that's not true. He did it. Uh, he's done, he did it a couple of times a year that they went. They lost to the Seattle Seahawks in the in the wild card game. He he also played one of the worst games in history until the last drive against Seattle. But anyway, it was fifty five below zero, so I'm not blaming yeah. him. But I it, it would be great to keep them both sure. and have them compete. Sure, but uh, that's not going to happen. Although Keenum is not going to get nearly as much money as people think he's going to get. And there were a lot unless of reports. They, unless they decide to franchise him or That's something. That's what I was just going to say. There were a lot of reports yesterday that said that they were planning on franchise tagging Case Keenum for That's one year. That's 20-some million. I think it's yeah. it's like, yeah, it's just. It's like 23 or $24 yeah. million. Dollars. They're not going to do that. They do have $60 million in cap space. Yeah, but you know, they're not going to They're not going to do that. Not not happening. They, they don't operate that way. They're not going to They're not going to do They still got to pay. They still got a bunch of guys they have to pay. They can't afford even. They're gonna have to pay digs soon. Yeah, they uh, they're not gonna do that. They're gonna they want Bridgewater to be their guy. Zimmer loves him. Spielman wants to be right, right? Yes, but I also think that if you do bring back Teddy to be your starter or Keenum or you bring back both, whatever, I still think you also need to draft and develop another quarterback. Well, I don't think that's what they're gonna do, but they are gonna they will have to bring in another. Veteran. They can't say, Kyle, we're going to have Teddy play, and then Kyle, some guy we've never seen play, is going to be the backup. You got to you got to go get a Chase Daniel, especially when you have a team Nobody that's ready Chase to win Daniel. right now. Nick Foles, Nick Foles, yeah, <laughs> but Nick Foles is he's going to get a lot more money than uh, than uh, Teddy's going to get? But yeah. not Teddy. I mean, he's going to get a. The thing is, with Teddy, they can be hardball and say. You better take seven or eight million for one year, otherwise we're going to toll your contract because they can do that. Nobody's ever done it, but uh, when a guy was on the active list, but they can if you miss the first, if you're on the pup list the first six games, they can do that. So why wouldn't they just do that and say you're still going to compete for the starting job in 2018? Because uh, you really want to uh, put the screws to a guy like that and pay him that little money. Well, sure, but you also haven't played in two years. Well, that's uh, that's still you've also you put in your service time. So I don't think they'll do it, but they'll make the threat. I think, and it could get ugly. What if he decides to hold out? Get angry with mm-hmm. you, you know. So what if he decides not to be nice guy Teddy anymore if you try to do that? Well, what if the veteran you bring back, and I know I know what your answer is going to be, is Bradford on like a $5 million contract for no. one year? Oh, I'd take him probably back if I he would wanted too. to come back. But I would I too. You know, he'll probably get more money than that, won't he? Somebody else. He probably wants out of here, don't you think? 
Well, he's going to want the chance to compete for a starting spot, but my question to Sam would be, how many teams do you think are going to be willing to do that, given the fact that you've had a lot of injuries in your career? That is uh, absolutely true. It is uh, quite a thing, but I I think in their heart, they want Bridgewater to be their quarterback. I agree with that. uh, Meanwhile, Terrence Newman, I like some of his quotes today. (laughs) Terrence Newman said, Everything they did gave us trouble. Let's be honest. They had some runs. They had some throws. Everything they did gave us fits. They put up 456 yards. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, hey, it was this or it was that. They did everything. And I think that is the shock of that of a game, right? Terrence Newman, mm-hmm. including Terrence uh, going for the uh, double move there by Alshon Jeffrey. Although, in that play, I still am astounded how they didn't sack him or hit him. How they didn't get to him, right. Falls, because he stood in the pocket Griffin forever. Griffin was four inches away from him, and Hunter was six they, inches they away They were damn him. near sandwiching him. Yes. And, and he, he somehow just, he made that throw. Yeah. You know that the other thing it. I found astounding, boys? The last six quarters, that defense gave up 62 points. Yes, they well, did. 55, because one of them was... One of the touchdowns. Well, sure, was the but it's six, still, okay. Yeah, even but, if it's fifty-five, that's still yeah. a, that is a lot. Yeah. And yeah. in reality, they scored twelve points, right? Yeah. If, the, what you get digs, they ended up scoring what nineteen. Uh, you had the the, the, the digs seven touchdown. yesterday, yeah. the digs touchdown. Yeah. So you had thirteen. Yeah. Well, no, but is that all they scored in the second half? No, they scored twelve points in the second half. Yep. Two oh fields, yeah, you're two right. Field I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Two field goals. And then yesterday seven. So the 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 miracle play plus thirteen points in six quarters. That was that was astounding too. But it is uh, it is interesting that uh, we are now uh, turning uh, completely on Keenum. And uh, but the fans think that a lot of fans think the Vikings should just spend a ton of money on this guy. It's, 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 I mean, he had a good year. That was fun. But uh, I, I can't. He's not going to get as much money as Mike Glennon on the open market. Well, because the Bears have taught people a lesson. Don't be stupid. Don't don't do that. Don't give that kind of money to a journeyman. Especially when it's a league that operates with a strict salary cap the way that the NFL does. And the thing of it, Keenum had a really nice year. He did a lot of good things. But how do people know that he's going to replicate that? And you're you're going to have a new coordinator. Now, I I think... are they going to promote the Stefanski, Stefanski guy? Are they going to promote him to offensive coordinator to keep some continuity? I don't know, but I mean, the the the, the if you're going to hitch your wagon to Case Keenum repeating what he did this year, that that's not a guarantee. And there are hints the defense might not be as great next year as it was this year. Yeah. Maybe somebody figured some things out, like fake them, do a double <laughs> move. See, watch them fall on their ass when they do it when you do a double move. And yeah. the other thing, next year you're going to be competing against the Packers with a healthier Aaron Rodgers, unlike this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Seattle's going to be, you know. Out there too. I mean, Russell. They retool that offensive line, well, and, and that's why that, that loss defense gets back healthy yesterday again. Seattle's going to be tough. That's why that loss yesterday is so deflating because all of the stars had aligned. Yeah, fate for you to have this was your chance. This was your shot, and you blew it. I've always time. been a big believer in fate in sports. Uh, Sergio Garcia went in the Masters last year on the same day, you know, on Sevy's birthday or whatever it was. You know, his guy Sevy went in it from the woods. Uh, uh, Villanova winning the national championship because of the old trainer who just died, and uh, I think he died or he was about to or something. And but 
that's why I thought fate was on their side here with the dome, you know, mm-hmm. playing here and the dome and the, you're at home. And then and, you get the digs, the miracle yeah, play for the miracle digs. Play. And, and I thinking, said, Man, this fate's might be got them. Then they show up and puke all over their <laughs> shoes. Puke. It was brutal. Don't give me any excuses. It was brutal. It was embarrassing. We shall return with a John Height Sports Night. Update and then Bob Motzkow, the coach from St. Cloud State, who uh, worked closely uh, with uh, Jim Johansson, uh, USA Hockey, and the uh, hockey uh, world is sh- absolutely shocked that uh, Jim died at age 53. He was found dead uh, yesterday morning at age 53 at Colorado Springs, and uh, we'll talk to Bob about uh, about Jim Johansson and his uh, great influence on uh, U.S. hockey. Here's John Height with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, this update sponsored by Discover Card. Discover Card will match all the cash back new card members earn at the end of their first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply. Well, the Vikings won't be in it after being clobbered by the Eagles yesterday. The Super Bowl will still be here, of course, on February 4th. Average ticket prices for the Super Bowl climb past 9300 bucks today. What is wrong with people? <laughs> What is wrong with you? You got big TVs now. You can watch the game. Tickets on StubHub ranged from forty eight hundred in an upper corner seat to sixty six thousand seven hundred dollars for a spot in the Delta Sky three sixty club on StubHub today. Pat, what do you say we go I sit in the Delta it. Sky club? Paying. Huh? Let's get a couple. I'm not paying sixty six. The average uh, list price clocked in sixteen percent higher today than they were. On this past, so I got my Friday. choice: buy a Super Bowl ticket or pay off my house. Is that it? <laughs> right. Yes. That's exactly. about what I owe on the house. So maybe I'll maybe I'll pay off the house instead. Uh, by the way, Timberwolves center Carl Anthony Town says he's not real concerned about all the criticism <laughs> he's getting for calling himself a born and bred Eagles fan in a tweet Man, yesterday. People are idiots. <laughs> Town said, I don't care. I really didn't care regardless what the feeling was. I still laugh to this day that people are still hitting me up. It's all good. Like I told Tyus, Tyus Jones, of course, listen, there's just a lot of hate out there for me right now, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. Towns grew up in New Jersey, said he's been supporting the Eagles throughout his life, mentioning Donovan McNabb, Brian Westbrook, and some of the stars that brought the Eagles to the Super Bowl back in 2005. Hey, Cat's not the one throwing beer at people, mm-hmm. guys. I mean, <laughs> calm down. So uh, Tyus Jones, when he's, at, when he's playing at Duke, should be a Carolina Panthers fan then. Huh? He should be tweeting out exactly. support for the Panthers, right? <laughs> Go get him in the Super Bowl, boys. I have a question, though, based upon well, John's last story. Would Randy and Cottage Grove sell his house to buy Super Bowl t- <laughs> What do you to buy a would. Super Bowl ticket? I think he would, but he wouldn't buy two. The wife couldn't. Go. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going alone. Okay, I got to focus. <laughs> yes. Timberwolves are out on the West Coast tonight, playing the Clippers. Jimmy Butler, Jamal Crawford, still not playing. Who needs him? Wiggy is taking <laughs> over. Butler out because of a sore right knee. Crawford has that big toe sprain, and Tom Thibodeau, coach of the Timberwolves, said the two are. Day to day. Don't Those? tell Corzo that, Pat. Mm-hmm. Don't tell Corzo that. Well, uh, uh, Wiggins was pretty good winning that game for him the other night. Those neon was. green uniforms need to go. Uh, <laughs> Those are hated. They look like they're plugged in. Yeah, I'm not a fan of oh them Oh, my God. A uh, weather note, uh, the Twins Winter Caravan, of course, is going on, uh, as we know. Uh, tonight's Twins Winter Caravan Hot Stove Dinner in Oakdale has been canceled. 
because of the inclement weather. So uh, if you're going to the hot stove dinner in Oakdale, it is not on. Cancel. Not evening. postponed. Cancel. Over. That's Won't correct. be back. Canceled. Next year. Okay. We'll get them next year. Uh, last week, the Twins designated Buddy Boshears for assignment after they signed Addison Reed. Well, Boshears has a new home now. He's been claimed by the world champion Houston Astros. Damn right. That's they, the one element they need. To repeat as World Series champions, buddy in the pen, baby. (laughs) Uh, Royce Lewis, last year's top overall draft choice, leads a group of five Twins players named to Baseball America's annual Top 100 Prospects list, which was published today. Uh, Lewis is at number 24, the highest twin by far. He's only 18 years old, of course, hasn't played an inning above low A ball. The other Twins prospects to make the Top 100, Brent Rooker at number 92, Nick Gordon at number 93, Wander Javier at number 95, and Steven Gonsalves at number 97. Some guy making up the list wanted to be nice to the Twins because he threw in four of them in the 90s. Right the yeah, yeah, the list yeah. That reminds me, the Buddy Boucher story reminds me to buy that right arm harness for my son to tie it around his back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Force him to throw with his left arm. Right, whatever you do. All right, Johnny, thank you. you uh, Bob Motzko when we come back. Bob Motzko is the uh, St. Cloud State hockey coach, of course, and also has uh, coached a couple of U.S. junior teams. Uh, Jim Johansson, who was one of the most influential guys at USA Hockey uh, out in Colorado Springs, uh, had a uh, heart attack at age 53 and uh, succumbed yesterday. And shocking news in the hockey world, and I'm sure you worked with him pretty closely, uh, Bob. Oh, Pat, I I can just tell you our our hearts are broken in, in... Uh, we spent all yesterday, I think, the whole hockey community just wanting so hard to believe that this could not be true. That, that no way could we lose Jim at, at such a at such a young age. He's terrific. You know, I, I made a. He's just a terrific man. Um, he held a position in USA Hockey to put teams together where that position is going to find itself under fire and scrutinized. But after all those years, I don't think you've ever heard a bad word about Jim Johansson. And he was never under fire, and he had just a terrific leadership ability to make everybody feel important. And then when you start to go down the litany of, of, of success and the, all the gold medals through USA Hockey under his watch, uh, he can't be replaced. I mean, he's as important as person in USA Hockey maybe that there's ever been. And this is just a tragic, tragic day for us. Yeah, because he was able to create some consensus, which has not always been USA Hockey's strong point. The political infighting in that group, in that outfit in the 80s and 90s uh, was uh, amazing. And then uh, Jim came in and uh, kind of got everybody going in the same direction. Is At least that's my observation from a distance. Well, Pat, you're, you're, you're nailing it. And, and he held it for a long time. And in, in people in those positions, especially in today's sports world, you're going to find yourself under fire. You can't. I don't think you can draw a line anywhere in his in his time where where he was under fire. And that was his leadership ability. And it's globally too. This isn't just inside USA Hockey. Um, uh, his loss is felt globally right now. And I, you know, I I did have talked to his brother last night and in in John and. And we, and it's one of the things we discussed on, on the impact that he made in our sport, uh, in you know probably in the trenches, uh, is going to be forever felt. USA Hockey's at an unbelievable place right now, and I think he is one of the one of the if not the key one of the key people that has, that has put it in the place that it's at. 
Uh, his father, Ken, of course, was the manager of the 1980 Lake Placid team and also involved in USA hockey for a long time. And the godfather of Rochester hockey, basically, uh, between Kenny and uh, Jim, they kind of got uh, turned hot, Rochester into a hockey town. Well, you know, I, I'm so fortunate I got to spend so much time with Jim over the last two years. And and I'm from Austin, so you got two southern Minnesota guys that, that, that have made it in this business. And they'll hear the stories about his dad and, and a group of guys that found themselves, you know, after after pl- playing down yes. the old Rochester Mustangs and started raising families, got a job at the Mail Clinic. And they're the architects behind that. I still think that's the architect group behind that 77 team that won the state tournament for Rochester, John Marshall. Of course, Jim and John played at Mayo, and they were in the state tournament. Uh, it's a, there's a great story that I'm sure is being told down there on the legacy of the Johansson family in Rochester. Uh, Bob Motzko is with us. Uh, one of the big things to uh, get over, I think, in uh, in USA Hockey when you were picking junior teams, when you were picking whatever teams, was uh, the Eastern Minnesota, the Eastern States, Massachusetts, basically, versus Minnesota, and how many Massachusetts kids were going to be on the team and how many Minnesota kids were going to be on the team. And, of course, now you're getting kids from everywhere. So uh, it, that that was quite a political f- a football that uh, he had to deal with for a while, I'm sure. I, I'm sure that was the – I think that was a political – I'm going to go back in the day, and I don't know how far, but I can tell you our experience um, – 2014, I was on Don Lucia's staff, and then the last two years, um, it never came up. I mean, there was mm-hmm. never discussions on on where someone was from, and we and I think that what we talked about was the great place USA Hockey was at, and the fact that there are players coming from everywhere now. You know, everybody will point to the obvious Austin Matthews out of Arizona, but that there's just a there's there's a long list of of the players that we're developing in our country right now, and and that's one of the reasons that you know we're meddling now we're finding gold medals we're we're expected to be there and that's been the great change where it used to be big news to get there now it's big news if you don't and i think that's a great place to be is you want expectations you want that feel in your within our organization that uh we're there to find a medal we're there to we're there to be at the top and be the best and uh um i think in jim johansson's legacy is going to be told, I think, loud and proud over the the very near future as, as people start to dig into it, and and that's what we have to do now. We have to honor him because he gave his life to USA Hockey. You know the travel this guy did on the road. Uh, I, I really think that's one of the things that is so hard. You you, you can't. There has to be at least a hundred nights in hotels and traveling throughout the world that this guy was putting on, all for USA Hockey, and he bled red, white, and blue. for uh, As a player, two-time Olympian, um, then to an executive, and, and everywhere in between. Hey, uh, Bob Motzko is with us. Bob, uh, you, you uh, got to win a gold medal a couple of years ago in the juniors with your club, and uh, they've done it a few times. Uh, tell me, how's, how's that to me is kind of the tip-off as to where we are with the uh, USA Hockey, and uh, how's how Jim handle those victories? Those had to be happy moments for him, huh? Well, there, there's there's no question. One thing with Jim, though, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, he's as even-keeled as any human being I've ever been around. In a loss or in a win, uh, that was one of – and he made everybody feel important. And, and 
there was never pressure. I mean, there's always pressure to win, but it sure never came from the top. He just wanted to surround himself with good people, let them do their work, uh, uh, pitching at every, I mean, he was there pitching in every chance he had. But I know there was great personal satisfaction for him. Uh, you know, when we won the gold medal, and that was the fourth gold medal, too, uh, under Jim's watch in the 2000s that, that they were able to secure. And even this year to get the bronze, the fact that we could walk out of there meddling three years in a row, he knew we were, it's a difficult tournament to, yes. to win. Uh, I can't even explain to get into that. But to medal, to, to keep this thing moving forward, I, I know there's just unbelievable pride for Jim. And, and, and we have unbelievable pride for him for all the work that he's done. Uh, Bob Monsko is with us. Uh, his last task here, trying to put together an Olympic team uh, after all those years of the NHL. It, back in the day, you know, when Herbie and the guys were putting together teams, they knew you were going to just take the best college guys and spend a year and, you know, or six months getting them ready. And then you had the NHL guys for all those years. And now this is kind of this haphazard roster that he tried to put together. That couldn't have been an easy task. No, but I, I mean, I was so fortunate to be with him and, and watch him going through that. You know, I wasn't on the, the inner details of it, but he wanted this because of the situation. He wanted this Olympic team to have an Olympic feel, and that started with him being a two-time Olympian, hiring Tony Granado, who was an Olympian, uh, uh, Lane McDonald's an Olympian, Chilios, who played on the Olympics. He wanted a staff. And the thing I can tell you, being with them out in Buffalo, New York, that's when they were making the final selections. Uh, and there's been some articles written on it. He was the, the proudest he was was calling these players around the, around the globe. A lot of the American players that you're taking are playing overseas to call them and tell them that you're going to be a, you're going to be a U.S. Olympian. And, and there were some videos on it. We were watching the videos of, 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 you know, a player, you know, telling his dad on the on the bench, and that went viral everywhere. And those stories, he had such pride in that part of it that he said, "What a day!" I it came down to the breakfast one. He said, "Because overseas, he was up early, real early in the morning, making these calls." And he said, "It was it was a joy for him to be able to call someone and say you're going to be on the Olympic team." And then he gave me that opportunity. We called. He said. One of our players here, Will Borgen, is going to be on the Olympic team. He said, I want you to call him. I want you to be the one to do it. Um, and uh, it's, just a, it's just a travesty that he's not going to be able to see this through. And, and uh, um, no, we all hope that these players sure understand the importance that Jim played. And, and hopefully that is maybe another motivational piece for them to, to go over there and be very strong for our country. Uh, Bob, uh, I was going to mention your Huskies here, having a good year. A little blip right now, but that conference of yours, man, is a brawl every week. If you get to about four games over 500, you can win the league. Well, (laughs) and this year I think it's even going to be crazier. And we sure had a good first half. And, you know, we're bumping our head a little bit here since Christmas. But that's – I think that's the norm right now. Yes. You're not going to run the table. You're going to get knocked around, and our conference is sure going to do that. And and even though it's our fifth year, all eight teams, uh, even a week ago, all eight teams had a legitimate chance still to make the tournament. And one team's seeing a little bit of a, a, a tumble here in the last few weeks, and we're just going to beat the snot out of each other coming down the stretch. It's got to get set for good hockey. You know, try to keep an even keel because you are going to get knocked over, and, and just make sure you stay healthy and playing your best best hockey come 
come mid-March. And, and that's the goal right now. Uh, however, this thing all got set up, uh, our league's awful daunting task right now. <laughs> Colorado College uh, is even picked it up now. They were, I mean, they were the ones that have really struggled since the league started, and they're no walk in the park like they used to be. No, nope, they got upperclassmen now playing with confidence. You know, their coach now, I think Mike Hamlin is doing a great job, and they're, they're starting to get an understanding of it. And, and they're right in the thick of it right now. Uh, Bob, uh, thanks for your time, and uh, this is certainly some uh, very sad news as far as USA Hockey is concerned, the death of Jim Johansson. It's devastating to all of us, Pat. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. You bet. Bob Motzko, the coach of the St. Cloud State Huskies, and a really good guy. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. A year when the NBA, already established in Seattle, the Northwest, opened the door to the Southeast by moving into Atlanta. It was a year when Phoenix and Milwaukee joined the league. Lou Alcindor, one of the finest college players of all time, were obtained by Milwaukee in a toss of the coin with Phoenix. Uh, yeah, on this day in history, uh, January 22nd, 1968, the... Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks were admitted as the 13th and 14th teams in the NBA. And that was back in the day when you had two conferences and you flipped a coin at the end of the year who, who among the last place finishing teams mm-hmm. to see who got the first pick and who got the second pick. And uh, the, uh, the uh, two expansion teams, as you might expect, uh, both uh, finished last in their division. The Sun in the conference. The Suns had the worst record, sixteen and sixty-six. The uh, Bucks actually were twenty-seven and fifty-five. Not bad for an expansion team. And uh, all right, Manny, you're you're a genius on this stuff. Who played in the uh, NBA Finals in uh, in that year, nineteen sixty-nine? Wait, I don't know who played in the finals. 69, I'm the guessing. The Wizards probably... had the bed. The Bullets had, they now call them the Wizards. The Bullets had the best record. I'm going to guess it was probably Lakers-Celtics because I think that might have been the last title for Bill Russell, wasn't it, 69? Uh, Could have been, and the Celtics finished fourth that year but in the East. But they I think did. they beat the Lakers. In, and I think that might have even been, what year was it that Jerry West won the finals MVP even though the Lakers had lost? Could have been it. I that might have been, it might have been but, that year. Uh, the point being, in all of this, they joined the league in the fall of '68. In the uh, in this in, in the spring of '69, there was a coin flip. The Milwaukee Bucks won the coin flip. They got Lou Alcindor, who became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. The Phoenix Suns got Neil Walk. Uh, who? who? Neil Walk, who was a, a center, and the second year. Uh, Kareem was there. They won the NBA title with him and Oscar Robertson. Right? I think right. he was the father of Steve Wilk, the twins pitcher that they rolled out there. <laughs> <laughs> could have uh, could have been, but uh, the Bucks were, uh, man, they were huge when they were first there in yeah. hockey. They had a lot of good years. Uh, a lot of fun to watch uh, when they had Marcus Johnson and the fellas, too. We'll uh, be back. <laughs> 